0: That's bluenile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. bluenile.com.
1: The Mr. Beacon podcast is sponsored by Williot, scaling IoT with battery-free Bluetooth.
0: Well, welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. Uh, it's, it's been a little while. Things have been busy, but I couldn't resist the opportunity to talk to Jordi Casamada, who is the CEO of Accent, who are uh, really a, a very major beacon provider that we haven't uh, had a chance to, uh, to cover. Um, so, Jordi, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, you're you. in a beautiful part of the world. Uh, wh- wh- where are your offices?
1: Uh, we have the we have the headquarters uh, near Barcelona in Spain, and uh, yeah, this is a very nice place, very close to Barcelona, very convenient, and uh, we enjoy weather like this almost every day. So it's a very good way to to start your day. <laughs>
0: yeah, and your building is really quite iconic. I, I um because uh, normally you know we quite often we talk to beacon companies and they're pretty small. They're w- working out of a few rooms and. Uh, but you have your own building and the whole thing is painted in a very distinctive way. Um, what, uh, what, what what kind of led you to take that approach and how long have you been in this uh, incredible facility?
1: Well, uh, we have been in the business for the last 11 years. Not only Beacon, of course, but uh, yeah, uh, we are a technology company. Uh, we offer IoT solutions and uh, we have this building because uh, we also have our own factory. So we needed this big space to to have the warehouse, the production lines, We have people in the factory. We have people in the office. So we have uh, 2,000 square meters in this in this building. But uh, we changed the building uh, seven times in the last 11 years. <laughs> so I, I think uh, we arrived in this one uh, three years ago already. So I, I hope to stay here for a. A long time because uh, as you can imagine changing the building is, is a very tough uh, work uh, uh, you need to to move everything to to plan everything so it's not a very convenient way to spend your time
0: <laughs> yeah I, we we're actually facing the same thing in our san diego office so i i've put it off as long as i can uh, but uh, but you're actually making your um uh, your your beacons and uh, other electronics there why why did you decide to to, uh, to make your product in Barcelona rather than uh, offshoring the um, manufacturing?
1: Actually, in the beginning of the company, we started to outsource this process in, in China. Actually, I was living in, in Hong Kong uh, like five years ago. Uh, I was very familiar with the processes and, and so on, but nowadays it doesn't make sense because uh, everything, if you design correctly, Everything can be assembled by uh, automatic machinery and uh, what we do is uh, specializing in uh, some technologies and then uh, we can create these products using these technologies and we reuse the same components and the same designs. Uh, We say that uh, we have these uh, standard hardware platforms uh, and that means that uh, we can manage the same components for for different projects. And uh, this is a very optimized way to control your warehouse, your operations, even your uh, production line. So this is why it's uh, optimum to to have your own factory if you have a scenario like this. Of course, this is a way to increase your fixed cost. Uh, But uh, if you have volume enough, uh, this is a good way to have a very uh, short time to market process. And uh, in the end, that means uh, less time and best price, uh, price, uh, best cost for uh, our customers.
0: How how many people do you have in the company? And can you give us a sense of what those volumes are that you referred to?
1: Uh, Currently, we are like 30 people in in the company. And as a reference last year, we uh, produced 300,000 devices, including everything. So this is uh, this certain numbers, actually a bit more. Uh, it was a bit more than three hundred thousand devices.
0: And, and can can you give us a, a, a rough view of, of of what you guys make? And and maybe we should take a step back and just say, I, I introduced you as a beacon company, but you're a very, you know, distinctive mm-hmm. uh, company, and you make a lot more than just beacons. So so you know what if you meet someone in. A, Elevator, how do you introduce that? How do you describe what you guys do?
1: Okay, I, I think uh, I need more than an elevator pitch uh, <laughs> to explain the story. But this, this is because probably it's our baby and uh, we course. like to explain so much. But uh, no, we started as a, as a company that uh, developed electronic products for others. Uh, it was 11 years ago and uh, we started uh, a couple of people and uh, we designed only PCBs, but uh, then we started to realize that the market was uh, requesting something more, uh, like uh, not, on, not only one part of the process, but everything, like, okay, uh, people expected electronics, but also firmware, also the housings, um, cloud applications, mobile applications, all those things, so we started to hire <clears throat> more people with different profiles. And starting to offer these uh, different services around uh, electronic products. And finally, then I, I went to, to Hong Kong. It was a kind of inspiration uh, trip. I spent there half a, half a year. And uh, actually, I, I went to China so many times before, uh, controlling the, our processes and, and so on. But uh, it was a very good stay for me. It was a, a very deep change of my mindset. Uh, I met some, some people there, that uh, they were doing incredible projects, so it was uh, a kind of inspiration for me. And, uh, well, I, I came back, we continued with, with our activity, and uh, finally we got the, the factory as well. And uh, nowadays we have an end-to-end uh, process here, uh, we offer end-to-end solutions, uh, starting from the concept, uh, some companies approach us with a problem or may, maybe an idea. We help them to identify the potential solutions with the architecture, the different technologies that we can use for solving it, different elements like, okay, devices, clouds, apps, all these things. We can develop everything uh, in-house. So we take 100% of the responsibility of this development. So um, we cannot say, okay, this is not working, but this is not our fault. So this is something that companies used to like. And uh, finally, we have the, the factory, so we can produce all these things in, in the same place. So this is what we offer, uh, IoT solutions for any kind of problems. So we are working in many different verticals with different uh, customer profiles, different applications. So this is, this is why it's interesting. Our shop is always changing, it's always uh, solving something new. So this is quite interesting for, uh, for engineers like us.
0: Yeah, and I'd like to, a little bit later on in the discussion, I'd like to talk about uh, in depth about some of the projects, but you really have taken Bluetooth to places where it's never been before, uh, from uh, uh, beacons in uh, Samsonite suitcases, you have a a product, a female reproductive health product, so you're definitely taking (laughs) Bluetooth to places it's never been before there. Um, so, a very, uh, just a incredibly creative, fascinating uh, thing. I just want to go back to the comment you made about the inspiration you got in Hong Kong. What, what was that paradigm shift? What was it that you took away from Hong Kong that you didn't have when you went there?
1: Well, the situation here in Spain was really critical because of uh, the economical crisis. Everybody was talking about how hard it was running. a uh, a company, uh, unemployment, all these things. So it was the standard conversation that you could have in an elevator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were starting our company, it was like uh, 2008, 2009, so everybody was uh, talking like this and uh, it was uh, very hard to get energy uh, to do something bigger. no? So uh, at some point, I was traveling to, to China sometimes some for controlling these uh, small processes at, at that point, and uh, my, my hub was uh, Hong Kong. I always went to Hong Kong first and then uh, went to the mainland China. So I knew very well the city. It was a very dynamic city with a lot of energy and, and so on, so I decided to, to go there. And uh, I spent this six months there, and uh, well, we opened a, a, a let's say a sales office there. We started to get some contacts, uh, international companies. So I had a, a very good uh, experience there, not only not only for the business, but also in a personal way. And uh, yeah, I met so many people. Some of them uh, just wrote uh, some inspiration, but uh, some others they are still our clients. So. Uh, it was a, a very interesting way to open our mind. So it was a, like that, a very good energy.
0: And what was it that inspired you to get into the beacon space, the Bluetooth beacon space?
1: Yeah, actually, we were approached by several companies at the same time asking for the same thing, something called beacon. And uh, they were asking to develop a beacon and uh, production for 1,000 units, or something like that. And we said okay uh, why everybody's asking for the same thing now so we investigated a little bit and we said okay maybe it's more more interesting for us uh, developing our product and selling 1000 1000 1000 instead of uh, selling the ip to just one of them so this is uh, how we started to think about the ipcon and uh, and we did it like that so it was our first 3,000 units that we sold at that Mm
0: -hmm. that point. And so now you're over 300,000 units uh, a year. Can you give us some color in terms of what, because you have a, maybe we can use this to talk about your range of products uh, as well, uh, because you you have a number of uh, interesting products from basic beacons to uh, a a, a, um, (laughs) um, a narrowband IoT uh, Bluetooth gateway. Uh, I think you have a, uh, a directional hub under development. So, 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 what, can you describe the volume and and which of the products is driving the volume for you?
1: I would say that uh, probably only twenty percent of our sales are coming from standard beacons and uh, IBKS, that uh, you probably know. Mm-hmm but the rest of revenue is coming from uh, customized projects. So we did uh, this key finder for Volkswagen, we did uh, marketing gifts for banks, Uh, now are working really hard for access control devices, so things like that. So this is more or less the the course. Uh, You know when a big company has a project, a big project, uh, they are not normally purchasing the standard product. So this is why Accent is a, a good uh, partner for doing this. Uh, they come with the idea. Maybe they can use the standard products for VOC, uh, but then uh, when they want 100,000 of uh, units or something like that, they require a lot of changes or maybe uh, something from scratch. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the gap that we are covering in the market.
0: And what's what is your view of the of the market? Uh, we saw the Google announcement recently that they're retiring nearby, so Eddie Stone URL uh, um, uh, will no longer pop up on the uh, on the lock screen of Android devices. Um, what's your take on that? And do you do you is the Bluetooth beacon market dead now, or is it uh, just going through an evolution?
1: I think it's changing, but uh, it has been changing all the time from the very beginning, right? Even uh, we have been working together with uh, Google to develop the the first TID uh, protocol and and so on. So we we had really involved in this uh, technology. Uh, I think uh, they never supported in the in a real way. No? It's like uh, they, they did the PR, they were supporting it, but uh, some time ago, they already uh, stopped the support on the iOS, iOS version in, in Chrome, mm-hmm. uh, so it's not surprising that now they are dismissing it in the Android version. But uh, yeah, as, as you know, they are now using Bluetooth Beacon for some something related to the AdWords. Uh, it's not clear yet uh, what, they, uh, what is their strategy, but uh, I think it's consistent with the uh, nature of uh, Google's uh, business, right? So yeah, it's changing. Uh, probably everybody was thinking that uh, Beacon was created for proximity marketing, but uh, again, from the very beginning we saw amazing use cases, super different than a proximity marketing, uh, solution. So, uh, we are, we are changing the projects. We are changing the use cases. So that means that, uh, the potential customers profile is different than before, but, uh, this is happening all the time.
0: Yeah. My, my dog's joining in the uh, discussion in the background, so, but, um, the, um, Uh, So, in terms of uh, the impact on projects that this is going to see, do you you expect this uh, uh, retirement of nearby to have a serious dent in in your sales?
1: Not actually, because uh, I think uh, people that uh, used to purchase beacons for this use case, they were just uh, buying small kits Mm -hmm. for small Mm -hmm. shops or small businesses. So this is not a big impact for us uh, because uh, we we were more involved in big projects. Uh, we had we have actually a, a process to configure the beacons automatically. So we have uh, like uh, some tools for big deployments, mm-hmm. and uh, this is approaching that makes uh, sense for big projects for big companies. So I don't think this is a big impact. It's a pity, of course. Uh, we will see. How this is uh, evolving inside uh, Google strategy, mm-hmm. but anyway, I don't think this is a good. Uh, this is a big impact for us.
0: Uh, and of course, Eddie Stone UID is still useful, um, and you can still uh, track other beacon formats within uh, within an Android. It's not like uh, you can't use a beacon on an Android phone. Is that fair to say? To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Yes, uh, I believe you have an app. I think that you can manage uh, protocols in many different ways. So this is not an issue, I think.
0: What about uh, discovery? I mean, maybe this is a good way to segue to some of your customers, but um, what are you seeing... Um, so if we don't have any stern URL, what, what what is left available for to get people from no app to um, to having an app in in the United States? We have a number of networks of uh, uh, of companies that have SDKs in free apps, um, uh, and and there uh, to me they. This is good for them. They're, uh, you know, if you have an SDK in a hundred million news and weather apps, which you know companies like Reveal have, there's companies like InMarket who have, uh, um, who have SDKs in uh, applications like uh, Epicurious and WebMD that have, you know, tens of millions of uh, of, of downloads. Then they're still in the business of uh, Uh, of engaging with beacons even though someone may not have a particular brands app you know you may have a brand of parmesan cheese where people are not going to have a parmesan cheese app but they can they can use those Uh, is there anything like that in spain how are you seeing companies and brands who kind of want to get into the beacon space get into it and overcome this hurdle of you know not everyone can can have a uh, groundbreaking mobile app.
1: Yeah, I think this is not only in Spain. Of course, we are operating uh, everywhere in the world, and uh, we we see the same scenario everywhere. And uh, I think this is the biggest barrier for the proximity marketing. You need to create this audience. Uh, this is uh, why we were involved in these projects like Volkswagen or Samsung because they, they have a lot of users, so they are creating the community immediately. No, and uh, but uh, again, uh, now if uh, they cannot use the big Edison URL, uh, they they need to partner with uh, some other applications with a lot of users. So this is the this is the key point for the proximity marketing. Use case for the beacons. Uh, you need to create this audience, and this is the most critical point for most of the projects. Uh, but the only way is to partner with a, a bigger app in some in some way and uh, get this this channel.
0: Yeah, I was uh, really interested. Uh, Yelp is uh, is obviously very big in the states. That, that's beacon aware. Shazam has been beacon aware for. Uh, many years. And of course, Facebook is as well. Um, and uh, my sense is that uh, the advertising companies, Facebook and and Google still have an interest in using beacons as a way of doing attribution to see, uh, okay, someone saw an ad, did they go into a, a store? And, uh, uh, you know, personally, uh, given what Williot's doing with, with tags that will be Passive and be embedded in products. Then I see that attribution going not just did they go into the store, but did they pick up the the product. Uh, and so I think those companies have a huge opportunity with beacons, and they obviously have the the hooks to uh, uh, to leverage that. Are you seeing, um, you know, do you have a perspective on that, or, 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 or should we focus on other <laughs> some of the other projects? Uh, well, I have
1: my my own opinion, uh, but again, this is just a personal opinion. and well, they, take it like this only. Okay. But uh, yeah, I saw some news uh, last last week about uh, Google is uh, spreading some beacons in uh, small businesses, and uh, this is not clear the, uh, the final intention. But uh, I think it's uh, we can uh, we can assume that uh, what they are trying to do is uh, combining this uh, beacon technology for for AdWords uh, application. So yeah, they are solving the audience thing because everybody is using Android or Google Chrome or something like that. So they already have this, uh, this audience. Uh, this is the difference between a regular company and, and Google. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, uh, they also have a big audience. So all these companies, uh, they have the channel. Uh, they only need the beacon. Uh, so yeah. in some in sometimes uh, sometimes uh, the small companies or smaller companies uh, have the opposite situation. They have the they have the app, they have the beacons, but they don't have uh, the users, right? Yes. So it's this true. is this is my opinion. This is why probably Google uh, dismissed the uh, distant URL, but now they are trying to integrate this beacon functionality on that worst program. I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of interesting because they're making it harder for the small companies to ramp up on beacons, but they don't have that problem because they have the, the footprint. Can you um, tell us a bit about the Sam- Samsonite uh, project, the suitcase project? That's uh, really uh, a classic. Um, and I think it was the most prominent deployment of uh, Eddystone EID, their ephemeral uh, standard. Um, uh, can you tell us the story behind that and how that's gone?
1: Yes, yeah, as you can imagine, uh, we have an NDA in place, so I cannot share uh, more information than the one it's it's public. But uh, yeah, it, it started uh, like all the projects start. Uh, they they came uh, to Accent and uh, they, they explained the problem, which is obvious. People want to to have uh, controlled the suitcase, They want to track. They had the community of users, but uh, they are facing uh, some legal issues, uh, or regulation issues. As, as you know, IATA and airliners, uh, they don't like to, to have these smart things on, on the plane, especially uh, when they, they, you have to check in the, the luggage and uh, you are not um, controlling it because of the battery, because of the emissions of, uh, of signals. And uh, this is the situation they are facing. Few things like that.
0: Yeah, that's uh, challenging, but it's a, it's a great idea. Um, um, uh, tell tell us about some of the other projects that you guys have been uh, been doing with beacons, where the beacon has been embedded in a in, in a in a consumer product.
1: Probably the most successful for us is the Volkswagen key finder. Uh, it was uh, not only a beacon, but uh, it was a way... Uh, we included uh, an iBeacon frame on this device, so it was a way to control when the app was close to the to the keys, and uh, we created this app and uh, all the community, every everyone that uh, got a Volkswagen car in Spain, Turkey, and New Zealand, they got uh, a key finder like this, and uh, it created uh, automatically, a big, a big community. Uh, so it was interesting for the for the brand because this is a way to almost obligate the user to download an app, uh, accepting the terms and conditions and opening a new two-way communication channel. So the, it was a way to get some information for for the customer from the customer, and then uh, activating the push notification with the relevant uh, relevant uh, information as usual. But uh, it was one of the interesting uh, use cases. It was not a beacon for proximity marketing, but we changed the, the architecture. We put the beacon on something that it was uh, movable, And actually, it was the beginning of uh, the discussion about the Eddystone ID, because uh, some privacy issues uh, came uh, with this project. Uh, we needed to protect the privacy of, uh, of the users. So this is why all the companies started to think about uh, okay we need to rotate the MAC address we need to rotate everything to to ensure that uh, we can identify the user but uh, we are the only company or only system that is able to identify the, the user not anyone else it was especially important for the samsonite project you know when you are traveling and depending on who is the person that is bringing the suitcase uh, is quite ki- uh, critical to, to keep the identity of this person. And uh, yeah.
0: what, what proportion of your tags or, or beacons uh, use uh, an ephemeral ID versus uh, some kind of stack, static ID?
1: Not that much because uh, it's quite complex to ensure that uh, you will keep the temporary uh, rotation in, in place. So in the case that uh, you need to replace the battery, or something like that, uh, you can create an issue because uh, then uh, you lose the synchronization between the device and the cloud. And as you know, this is end-to-end encryption and uh, they are rotating at the, at the same speed. And uh, this is quite critical. It's not, it's not uh, in my opinion, it's not a good solution for all the use cases. So if you can avoid it, then it's better. You are safer
0: yeah we've uh, in our tags we have no batteries and so we have definitely yeah. been dealing with uh, with that and I think uh, um, uh, th- there's a lot to be said for eliminating that synchronization issue um, uh, okay uh, let's um let's talk about your uh, um, MBIoT uh um, gateway product. That's really interesting. Um, it's fairly new, I think. W- w- what are the use cases where you're bridging um, kind of the wider area network with with a with a Bluetooth connection?
1: Yeah, it's not uh, it's not quite new. Uh, actually, we launched the product uh, two years ago. All right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was probably a bit too early because uh, of the maturity of the network. As you know, nb now last week we saw this launch uh, between Twilio and T-Mobile. Uh, they are now uh, starting to offer the connectivity, but, uh, yeah, we, we got the opportunity actually because of the Samsungite project. It was uh, an asset tracker uh, because this device can be a connected beacon, it can be an asset tracker and it can be a gateway as well. It depends on the, how you configure the device. And uh, yeah, we got the opportunity, we start to create a device like this, but uh, still dealing with the network.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, another layer of complexity. Uh, on your website, you show the device embedded in a pallet. Is that a, a real life use case that you've? Yes. Yeah.
1: We, during these two years, uh, we have been doing a lot of POCs. Uh, actually, we have been uh, working really hard with uh, mobile operators because uh, even they have the the network already working, uh, probably they, they don't have a commercial plan and so on, but uh, they, they finally need to, to test the network and so on. So we started to, to do some POCs with a... Uh, specific clients and so on. We have uh, more than 800 units uh, spread around the world, especially in Europe, uh, some in US, uh, uh, small cities in Asia like Hong Kong, Singapore, uh, Middle East as well. So we have uh, POCs everywhere, uh, testing it. And uh, this this video, I, I think uh, you are talking about a video that uh, we we published some some months ago. This is a real POC. Uh, we are we are testing the technology to track the, the, the assets uh, during the transport, transportation, so we can collect uh, things like temperature, shock detection as well, and especially the location. We are using uh, several technologies, so this is, a, this is a good way to have a second life for beacons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are using Bluetooth beacons for indoor location, this is a high definition uh, localization for indoors. But uh, we also use uh, Wi-Fi to triangulate and get the and get the location. You don't need to to have uh, your own Wi-Fi network. So uh, even when you are in the street, we scan for the MAC address of the surrounding networks, and we resolve the location using third parties uh, databases like uh, Google's API, Here Maps, others. Uh, and finally, we use the satellites like GPS, GLONASS. So this is a this is a way to get a location in open spaces. And we use uh, narrowband IoT, LTM, to transmit this this information to the to the cloud, which is a very efficient way uh, because of the power consumption and the cost of the subscription.
0: This is a very sophisticated, complicated uh, building block here. It's a long way from this simple. <coughs> a tag with a coin cell battery.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a totally different device. Uh, But uh, we had this vision two years ago. Uh, We really thought that it was the next step for a beacon company. And actually, I think it's finally demonstrated that uh, everybody is now uh, approaching these asset tracking projects and and functionalities. Uh, Of course, uh, it's more complex than a beacon, but uh, it has so many other things in uh, stuffed in the in the device, but uh, this is a uh, yeah you know this technologies new technologies open a uh, uh, new opportunities that uh, it couldn't be resolved in the old and classical technologies.
0: Um, where do you see the future? What are the applications that will drive beacon volumes for you? It sounds like these POCs are fairly low volume at the moment.
1: Yes, for the for the asset tracker, uh, for the IoT tracker, uh, of course. Uh, this is again uh, an issue for the because of the maturity of networks. Now this is increasing, but uh, for specifically for the beacons, uh, we think that this is a very good way to promote uh, beacon technology because uh, we have uh, clients with uh, big buildings. They need to track uh, assets in the in the warehouse, airports, things like that. So. We don't have the classical barrier, like uh, we don't need an app or something like that. This is a totally different uh, strategy, totally different approach. We have these beacons, we have these trackers, you don't need anything else. So this is a very good way to to track everything inside uh, these buildings with accuracy and really low power consumption.
0: Well, Geordie, uh, this has uh, been really fascinating. I, I really appreciate your giving up some of your time to uh, give us an insight to uh, what you've been doing and what you're doing in the future. Uh, th- thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you so much uh, for having me. Again.
0: What songs they would take on a trip to Mars
1: Uh, So if I had to decide for three songs, I would say Better Together by Jack Johnson, because it reminds me a nice moment, Uh Highway to Hell by ACDC, which is uh, pure energy, so this is like a a very good way to start a hard day. Maybe someday by passenger, uh, because when you are very stressful, you know, uh, you used to to think about okay, someday I blah 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 blah. And it's a nice song as well.
0: <laughs> Fantastic! Thanks for indulging us with that uh, little tradition.